Welcome to another week of the greatest song you never heard podcast with the world-renowned Chris Cochran. Chris, say hello. Hello. And the nobody knows who the hell he is, Phil Anderson. That's me. We are co-hosts of this podcast. Have been doing this since last year, trying to pull out songs from. We'll just keep it clean out of yes. the archives. Out of our yes. And because we both have uh, just vast musical, not necessarily knowledge, although Chris is very knowledgeable. I'm finding that out on a week by week basis. But just the love of music that drives our lives. Yes. And uh, and we're not the only two people in the world, but we made a podcast out of it. And it's going to be uh, choosing songs that most people have not heard. And we're like, we want to expose them to these songs. That's right. That's right. They may not be songs that, uh, if you're a big fan of this of the bands that we are choosing, I don't know if you're a big Jim Croce fan, you may have heard last week's song for, probably not, but you might have. If you're a big fan of Canadian blues singers from Vancouver, British Columbia, you might have heard the week before, but probably not. Uh, and there might even be a couple times where there's songs that are uh, maybe even someone very famous, but they're covering someone else's song. You don't even know it's them. So we try to bring you different songs every week that we feel like are fantastic, Fran, freaking tastic songs. We're like, how come not everybody thinks this is a great song? And 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 it's not just that they haven't made the mainstream; they haven't even made under the mainstream, right? That's true. So they uh, again going back to this Clive Davis um, documentary uh, that we talked about the last couple of weeks. But it's interesting because uh, the hits uh, it used to be artists would be found and they would say. This song is the hit, but I like this song better. I think it's a better song, but that's not a hit. This is a hit because the hits drive the, the sales. Right. And so the, the hits that get the airplay drive the sales, make people money. That's money makes the world go around, right? But they're not always the best songs. And we could argue till we're blue in the face on what makes a great song. Right. But... There is this core thing, and at some point, uh, you're not going to sing out of tune. You're not going to be out of key. Those don't make good music. That's true. And so we're choosing songs that have just fantastic appeal, but just most people have never heard. And the song that I've got lined up for you today, I'm really excited about. It's 21 years old. Well, probably not 21, but it's at least 20 years. (laughs) No, Uh, I like long songs, but not that long. Uh, It's 20 years old. coming up on 21 years old and uh the cool part about it is uh one of the other things for me is i hate songs that feel like well i I take that back i like songs that either feel like they're from a very specific era or don't and what i'm really amazed by is the and i don't know if this is me getting old but the or the music industry progressing Mm -hmm. but the the older i get and the longer i listen to music um, the more there's this kind of cutoff period where when you listen to 80s music, it's very stylistically 80s. Right. When you listen to 90s music, it's a lot of like vocals with no uh, reverb on them, close mic, Alanis Morissette style production. Once you hit the 2000s, outside of really crappy boy band music, there's not a lot of differentiation between the styles. Yeah. Uh, and so this song could, it, even though it's 20 years old now, could have been released yesterday and I don't think anybody would have thought of it as, oh, that's definitely a song from the early 2000s, which is one of the reasons I think it's one of the greatest songs no one's ever heard. So correct me if I'm wrong, uh, if I'm wrong but what I'm hearing that you said is you like long songs and you cannot lie. <laughs> is that true? That is true. Okay, well, this isn't one of those, but... 
if history has proven anything, it's we are proving we are playing songs that are great that you've never heard, and we're gonna listen to that, I believe, right now. I woke up broke free, drove a long time. It didn't purge you from my mind. Hang up the halo, maybe you're right. Chalk it up to a starry night. To be set free to live and learn. Did we pass or fail the turn? You wrote a note with chalk on my door, a message I'd known long before. On any given day, you'll find me gone. On any given day, you'll find me gone. Give me your reason, give me your rhyme, so I can temple me to your time. So I can scratch your surface and be a deeper part of the mystery. To be undone, to be alone, to live life in monotone. I reach the beach and try to ignore the warning I've known long before. On any given day, you'll find me gone. On any given day, you'll find me gone.
hands up smell to reveal your perfume on the steering wheel you're next to me asleep and I smile I think I'll drive on for a while on any given day you'll find me gone did you like that that was really fun there are so many things that play in that song. I'm going to go on a limb and say the name of the song is On Any Given Day. It is On Any Given Day. Okay, I had it down as On Any Given Day, You'll Find Me Gone. But there was a, it ended On Any Given Day at one point in the line. I'm like, it's got to be that. Um, just <clears throat> when the drums came in, I'm like, okay, it's real. Yep. And not that, it's just like, oh, we're here. It's going. And I, lo- I love that the way the drums kicked in and it was a a hard backbeat and the words on this song are again follow the bouncing ball but there are songs that are really difficult to sing this would be one of them and yes. until you learned it yes um it was really fun to listen to i love the different accents on the words on the notes love that and it was single rhythm of the song yeah, it reminded. It was funny because I was looked up during uh, the song. Um, I've just seen a face from the Beatles. I couldn't remember the name of the song. Uh, it's the same style of lyrics where every single beat has a word. Nothing is left to chance. Nothing is. Right. You're not bending. You're not pretending that a, that you know you started a phrase half a measure early to make it fit into what you're going to say. Exactly. It's just all no, there. And, and there were lines in this song that every single rhythm was perfectly timed. Yes. Uh, the word were perf- perfectly timed with the rhythm, rhythm, and I did hear Beatles in this, and I did hear a little bit of old school grunge in here. Yeah, uh, just not full on. It just had that feel. Yeah, and the like the strings at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, very much like Eleanor Rigby, right? Oh yeah, the, the cello. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And then as I. I listened to the first time through and there's this reverb thing going on and uh, you were doing what you were doing. And the second time through, I knew it was coming again. And that's the beauty of music. When done right, you have an expectation. Not that surprises can't happen, but it's nice to let the listener kind of know what's coming up. Mm -hmm. And I knew it was coming up and it's like I did that thing with a wong, dong, dong, dong. And... What a great little touch. Yeah. These are just things where the engineer or whoever is recording this says, this might sound really nice. Yeah. You know? So anyway, yeah, let's uh, uh, pull back the curtain. So before I tell you who this is, okay. uh, one of the things we've been talking over the weeks uh, in doing this, that I am a lyrics first person. Right. Uh, it's I was trying to think of, as I was listening to this song, why it is, why that's the case and what it is about lyrics. And for me, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we did me and Magdalena. Yeah. Um, and and there's this. What I love is someone taking lyrics and indirectly painting a, uh, a mental picture for you. And so when he talks about, um, you wrote a note of chalk on my door, a message I'd known long before. He never even tells you what someone wrote, but your imagination already goes to some lover writing some like love note or scrawling something on your door in chalk, which is to me like one of those like movie moments where right. like who would write a note of chalk in chalk on someone else's door, but it's brilliant. Right. Or he says a pine cone glipped in I know, glue, that, a penny 1942. Like all these things are just like painting these mental pictures in your mind. A penny 1942, there's a real good chance that was a silver penny. 
That's true. I there's a fair as a 4142 something like that or 40 there's a, it could have been a silver penny. That's the first thing I thought of. But the funny thing is these lyrics are so well thought out. Yes. And it it brings me to um, some of the lyricists like Paul Simon. Uh, and I know I will mention Billy Joel at nauseum because that's one of my musical idols, but he is a fantastic lyricist. Yes. The whole uh, Lennon-McCartney oh, duo, right? Uh, uh, who am I missing? Some of these just really profound lyricists. Britney Spears. Uh, she didn't quite crack the top 1,000 uh, in my mind. <laughs> Oops. Sorry. I did it again. Uh <laughs> See what you did there. Uh, yeah. I can't help myself. My daughters grew up during that age. So th- I have no uh, excuse. So this song is, as I said, from 2000. It's from the fourth studio album from a band called Carbon Leaf is the name of the band. Carbon Leaf. And Carbon Leaf uh, is out of West Virginia. They got together in the early 90s uh, in college and played a few places. This is from their fourth studio album called Echo Echo. And the weird part about this song is this is the first song I'd ever heard from this band in 2000 when it was released. Uh, and it got a lot of attention. This song got a lot of attention uh, in the online sharing world, uh, the Napster, Kazaa right. days, those things. Oh, Kazaa, um, I can't. That's an old school name. I yeah, forgot yeah, yeah. all about Kazaa, yeah. Um, and I got really into the song because at the time I was working with high schoolers and one of them said, have you heard this song and played the song for me? And I'm like... And I literally listened to it on repeat for at least an hour. The the hook with the um, the cellos at the beginning, the words. Every, we started talking about it nauseum, but it just it grabbed me. So I downloaded the entire album. And the funny thing about this song is, this song was never actually even a hit for this band. They actually got um, another song on this album called "The Boxer," uh, became a minor hit for them. They got re- um, asked to play on the American Music Awards in 2001. Oh. Um, and they played The Boxer, which then got picked up by a bunch of radio stations. And I don't even love the song. The Boxer's good. It's a good song. But not to me, I listen to this song and go, this is fantastic. And The Boxer, you go, good song. But it's not on the level of this one. But for whatever reason, this was never released as a single. So you said we were going to have this song in our mind for the rest of the day, right? Yes. And what sticks in my mind on this is... On any given day, you'll find me gone. Yes. Yes. And that's the way this song goes. And my other favorite part about this song is there are different movements within the song. It's not verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus, chorus. Right. um, Which I love. I mean, there are those elements in there, but it's not just that. And the breakdown when he's like, my eye on you is like, oh, just such a like really cool. And there's not this big flaming guitar solo, but there's enough guitar solo in there to know they put some thought into it. Um, Anyway, and I think that it wasn't a bigger hit because what's odd is, so this song actually, and this band actually, um, has a very big following in specific regions of the United States. Uh, and the reason for that being, um, there's a couple of radio stations, uh, one of them is in Seattle of all places, called The Mountain. Um, well, it's, they're not there anymore. They were KMTT, I think is what it was. Yep. And The Mountain actually created a genre of radio that didn't exist before that. And the genre of radio it's station... the best station in the world. It was such a good radio station. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the call letters. Or KMTT. The no, call numbers, sorry. Uh, 103.7? Something like that. Something like that. I've got five, three or four or five discs that oh, they the put ma- out. Yes, they did. And so they actually pioneered this style of music, which was basically like rock and roll for people in their late 30s and early 40s. Um, and so it's a lot of the bands like, um, who's the lady that sings... Um, 
cherry tree and a black horse and a cherry tree. Oh, KT. KT Tunstall. Tunstall, Like yeah. that style of music and that group. So they were big there. This song and uh, their next album after this, in 2004, uh, The Mountain actually rated one of their top five song, five albums of 2004. Oh, wow. Uh, another band put it in their, or another radio station put it in their top uh, 100 of the year. So they got some regional attention. They play Seattle still to this day. They're touring. They're, they're still Seattle making music. Band. No, they're out of uh, West Virginia. <laughs> this, this, oh, so they'll just come to the... Because, yeah, because they've got this huge following in Seattle from all yeah. these like old people who listen to this radio station back when people still listen to radio. Uh, and that's why they are who they are today. And they're still making music and they're still touring. And if you want to see them in Seattle, it'll sell out. Interesting. Yep. So you said the one line, I've got my eye on you. Yes. It, it leaves it open to imagination, like which eye that is too. My, and I, I think, <laughs> sorry, I was thinking about what I was going to say next. The, I've been trying to get that joke in the last two minutes. So, so the, the other thing I love about this song, and we'll wrap it up with this, is uh, the song is literally about, I'm going to leave at any, on any given day. I'm just out of here, right? But the last line of the song is him... He says uh, something about pulling up his hand from the steering wheel where he smells her perfume. Yeah, exactly. And, and she's leaving with, they're leaving together. So on any given day, you'll find me gone, but she's leaving with him and they're leaving together, which is like, ah, the most romantic thing right. in the world. So anyway, that's and, my... And, and that is maybe one of the best lines on this. Lift my hands up, smell to reveal your perfume on the steering wheel. Yes. I mean, it's like, we've all been there. Yes. Hopefully. Hopefully we've all been there. It's yep. definitely nice to be in love. And that's why this is one of my greatest songs you've never heard. And it is right up there with me as well. I love it. Thank you, awesome. Chris. Yes, awesome. that's uh, Carbon Leaf doing on any given day. You can find us at thegreatestsongyouneverheard.com as well as GSYNH Podcast on Twitter and on Facebook, The Greatest Song You Never Heard. We will be doing more and more posts as we get good at <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you next time on The Greatest Song You've Never Heard.